0: They are those who are taking the time to create progressive practices to heal, to learn, and to nurture our souls on this journey of life. Find and listen to The Naturalist as they share their practice of healing and help forge a new and higher level plane of reality, The Naturalist. You might be thinking, what is a plant walk, Bob? So guess what? Plant walk basically is we're going to walk through this area here and identify what's medicinal, edible, as well as what is poisonous out here in these woods so you can take care of yourself and your family was Soul here, man. I'm out here at Arabia Mountain. About to take y'all on a plant walk through Arabia Mountain. Originally, man, I used to be in the streets, uh, heavily, you know, trapping and stuff like that, man. I got jammed up, long story short, and I had to sit down and um, really think about some things, man, but God put me in touch with some really knowledgeable individuals that put me on a self-healing quest, and that quest put me on to changing my diet, you know what I'm saying? I've been a vegan for like 15 years now, as well as um, getting into herbal medicine, energy healing medicine. So uh, I got to a point where, you know, I was doing Reiki. I was one of the top Reiki healers in Atlanta for a little while, but I was disconnected from my people in the streets, people where I come from, because I did, uh put myself in a new community that knew all about this healing stuff, you know what I'm saying? But the people where I come from, they had no idea. They were still living unhealthy, thinking unhealthy and stuff like that. And um, what I noticed was that they were constantly getting sick, going to the hospitals and stuff like that, depending on doctors, depending on over-the-counter drugs and things like that. So I decided to uh, tap into something that was a lot more real, more down-to-earth, you know what I'm saying? So. I got into herbal medicine. And I started healing myself with the medicine and creating my own formulas. And I got to a point where the study got so uh, heavy for me, because I'm really into first principle thinking. And what that does is it's seeing things beneath the surface of what they're actually are showing. And what was beneath the surface of herbalism was ethnobotany, which got me into learning uh, about our local medicine how tribes or indigenous people or us as indigenous ones. Over time, my ancestors have been using these medicines forever for different ailments and things like that, even spiritual reasons. So I dug deep and I started to go out and do my own field research and started to uh, dabble and work with these plants on a one-on-one basis. And uh, it took me some time, took me some years to get confident enough to be able to lead people on walks and my first plant walk was a family it was a, a a father and a mother and their son who was like maybe five or six years old and they had a great time and uh to this day man they still showing me that they're using the medicine that i showed them and um they're doing real great and that's what it's all about, man. Being able to share something with people and not take away from them. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in that, in that kind of business where I don't want to be just selling something to somebody and not really getting anything back. I get a lot back when I, you know, I know that people take care of themselves as well as their families. You may be wondering what an ethnobotanist is man. An ethnobotanist is someone that studies the relation between these plants that we are working with and human beings. How we've been using them over time and how they've been using us as well, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people think that it's a one-sided relationship that we have with these plants, but they're actually using us as well to distribute themselves and to survive and to grow, you know what I'm saying, in different places and different times of the year right or whatnot. I, right. I gotta chill and and pop back in the limelight. Nowadays, everything is going digital. That's why I keep the back then, invisible. Any of y'all know what this plant is right here? No. What is this? This right here is called sarsaparilla. I'm sharing what I know from talking to my ancestors, talking to different elders, talking and doing research. You know what I'm saying? Going out to different states, meeting at different people in reservations, different tribes, and things like that, and gathering that knowledge and also taking that information and using it to better ourselves in the present moment as well as for the future. The plant walks basically help people get more familiar about their immediate environment. Because a lot of times people walk through these places and they just seeing green, you know what I'm saying? They just seeing brown, you know, and it just gets kind of blurry after a while. But when you start to realize that there are different families out here and different, um, they all have different properties or whatnot then it can start to look like a whole party out here in the woods you start to see everybody as their individual selves whatnot and then you start to personify these plants because they're living breathing beings as well they'll become your friends and then they come and speak to you when they when you really need it you know what i'm saying so i'm sharing what I see out here as far as what I know, medicinal, edible and poisonous things too, because you got to know what's poisonous out here as well. So that's what we do on the plant walk. The difference between an indigenous and a non-indigenous plant or an invasive species, they were considered is basically an indigenous plant is something that was here the whole time. So if it's indigenous to North America, it won't be growing in China, okay? But there are some invasive species that may have come from like China, and now it's over here. Like let's say uh, bamboo, for instance, you know what I'm saying? Or even uh, the princess tree that comes from Japan. It's growing everywhere. It's actually one of the fastest growing trees in north america but it's not from here it was brought over here from the Asians or whatnot so uh, basically there's not really much of a difference when it comes to like their medicinal or edible aspects but it's just about the nature of them and uh, what they need to survive but most of the time invasive species they can choke out the native species inside of the environment so a lot of people like to control them or whatnot but I say just make space for them, you know, because if they, if they're here, then, you know, they got a mission, you know what I'm saying, that's what I say. So as we journey through, we're going to see some non-indigenous plants and we're going to see indigenous plants to this land as well that we're going to identify. A lot of people look at me and they be like, man. I want you to uh, be around me when the apocalypse hit, hit, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, hey, you might not have my number. I'm telling you, you might need to just, need to hang around me or gain this knowledge while you can. That's what it's all about. This plant walk right now is just a slight category of survival and preparedness skills. So this is just an aspect of survivalness right now. You can come up with your own medicine, you know what I'm saying, as well as be the doctor or the herbalist in your own family, as well as starting your own business if you like. You know, you can go on plant walks if you're knowledgeable enough, or you can create the medicine and sell to other people that may need it. So the benefits of going on the plant walk, man, I don't know if y'all ever heard of this thing called forest bathing, but it's very much so real. Basically, uh, going in and resetting your nervous system as well as your energetic field. Cause when you're around all this life right here, man, it does nothing but bring that back into you. As well as just uh, decompression from everyday activities, man. And also being able to identify everything that you see is a plus because you never know what it's going to be like out here in this world i go through plant walks in different seasons because in this season you're going to see certain things but then in the summertime some of this stuff might not be growing so you got to know how long these things are going to be present or whatnot so it's it's, you're going to be creating a database in your mind or a schedule of the whole year it's kind of like the farmers farmers almanac but at the same time, it's like, I call it the woods man, um, you know what I mean? Because this other stuff right here it's gonna be going crazy too. But I only got certain, like for more bears, you only got two months, then all them bears is gone. But if you're trying to clean your blood out and boost your libido and stuff like that, then that's when you need to grab all those bears in the time that they thriving make you some wine or make you some jam or whatever so that you can last throughout the summertime. So it's, it's all about being prepared. That's that preparedness aspect too, because it allows you to see things in the future as well as in the past and in the present. So right here, man, we got a nice little cluster of turkey tails. Now, this one in particular is a false turkey tail right here, man, I'm gonna show y'all real quick. The way that you know that it's a false turkey tail. So we know turkey tails, they look like turkey tails, as you can see, or whatnot. But up under it, we have like this smooth underside a real turkey tail, you're gonna see pores, like little dots up on it there, but there man, it's just real smooth. So this is the false turkey tail right here. Turkey tails are really great for people that got autoimmune diseases or whatnot, uh, suppressed immune desist- immune systems. You know what I mean? So it's not a water soluble herb. I had to tell people that I was telling my brother last night, he was like, yeah man, I'm drinking turkey tails. I was like, you're not getting no medicine from it though, cause you got to extract it with alcohol. You know what I'm saying? Or you got to crush it up and drink it whole. You know what I mean? But if you just got to sitting in water. It's not doing you no good. You just got dirt in your water right now. Don't ever underestimate the power of a pine tree, man. This right here is one of the greatest medicines that we have available to us. First, I'm gonna talk about the bark. So as you can see, this bark right here is peeling real easy. But did you know that you can use this to like help out, let's say you got stabbed or you cut yourself and you're bleeding profusely, right? You can actually use this bark. You crush it up real good into a powder and you put it onto wherever you are bleeding. It'll actually stop the bleeding and keep it from being infected because it's a natural antiseptic inside of this right here. And it's a natural antifungal. How do I know this? Because that's what bark does for trees, man it protects you from getting infection, just like your skin protect you from getting infected or whatnot. So if you was to go through this outer bark and get to the inner bark, which we would consider the white meat or whatnot, then that you can actually take internally. Let's say if you drank some bad water or something like that, that has some bacteria or something like that in it, then it will go in and clean your system out. It'll tighten your organs because it's an astringent basically meaning that it tightens up organs inside of your body and they keep it from, uh, you know, what they call irritable bowel syndrome and stuff like that, or diarrhea. It cut all that out. Also, the cool thing about the pine tree, is that you can use the pine needles for pine tea, right? Full of vitamin C. Take that off, the brown part off, and just chew on the end of it, or you can take those pine needles, chop them up, and put them in some water, some boiling water, let them steep for a little while, drink that, you got your own vitamin C. And also, when uh, the spring comes, when you have the smaller, so you got pine cones, right? So these are the female parts of the pine cone, and then you got male parts of pine cones that are like short pollen sticks. They actually help boost testosterone in us men, as well as boost our libido. So it's good to take those in, you know. For people that just got hormone uh, challenges or whatnot, it's a real good medicine to use as well. I love using those um, male pollens for your, um, your libido, man. The... Yeah. Sweet going tree is a really cool tree, man. Uh, if y'all ever seen, let's see one around here. You ever seen one of these little spiky green balls? Uh, right now it's not as spiky or whatnot, but they call these gumballs right here. And what this does is basically, uh, this is a seed pod for this tree. But it has a property in it, uh, inside of these right here that has the same property as therapy in it. So when you find these in their green state, you can take them, cut them up, and put them in like syrup, or you can put them in alcohol, or whatnot, and have your own kind of like flu-fighting compound inside of it. As well as um the leaves, you can use the leaves when you see them. They're like five um like star leaves, what not? This right here. If you get these leaves in the green state, you can use these leaves for bug repelling or whatnot. Up. But uh, not right now. So, I want to just let you guys know that there, in the different four seasons, man, there are different types of plants that are always present, and there are some plants that are not present. So, let's say in the fall and it's in the winter. This is the time where you're going to see everything kind of dying back and you're going to think there's nothing there. But most of the time we're working with the roots in this time of the year. okay? because all the energy is going from making flowers and growing stems and all of that, and it's going back into the ground to store energy or whatnot. So this is the time where we'll be harvesting a lot of our root medicine. And then when you want to get into like the spring time or whatnot, you wanna start seeing a lot of herbs that come through to clean your system out, right? So we're talking about like chickweeds, we're talking about cleavers and things like that, all the violets and stuff. All that lymphatic system from when we were eating all those sugars and all the fatty stuff or whatnot, trying to keep ourselves warm and feeling loved throughout the winter. You know, we gotta flush all that stuff out. So that's when you got a lot of flowers and. and lot of energy herbs coming through in the spring and then in the summertime it's kind of like the same thing you got everything kind of just coming through to pollinate themselves and flourish and grow so you got a lot of mating going on in that time of year so they're not really good to harvest from in that time of year but they're good to identify when they're going to be where they're going to be at later on in the year or whatnot but uh, if you're into like herbaceous herbs, like flowers and stuff like that, then that's when you want to start gathering, you know, like your mints and all your chamomiles and all that kind of stuff. Inside the woods, you got stuff like cap, you know what I mean? You got wild mints and stuff like that that grows in the summertime. Some of the pitfalls that I've come to see is uh, a lot of microwave Information coming through. You know, uh, we got a lot of apps out here, so it's real easy to put your phone out and identify something. But uh, it's about doing the real research out here, getting out in the field. It's okay to take pictures. I take pictures of stuff all the time, so I can go back and look at. It, you know what I'm saying? But don't use the app because I tell you, most of the time it's, it's artificial intelligence that might not be right. You know what I'm saying? I've actually seen the apps be wrong before, and I'm right. You know what I'm saying? So get you a field guide or whatnot, and tap into the different databases uh, that they have all these uh, botanical knowledge on. It take a lot of work. This did not happen overnight for me, man. I've been putting in work to where people actually recognize the good work that I do. You know what I'm saying? And staying consistent It's boring. You know what I'm saying? I'm out here in the woods by myself most of the time. one of my favorite plants right here man we're catching it in it's uh, in this season this is called the oregon great leaf or the oregon great root but also the indigenous name of it is the mahonia now what i like to tell people about this plant is that the medicine is all in the roots of it i usually will never harvest this type uh with this one as it being this big i usually get the ones that are shorter to the ground whatnot so i want to talk to y'all before i even get into these properties of this plant i want to talk to y'all about ethical harvesting meaning i would never harvest this plant right here because i don't see another one around here like this so obviously this plant needs to thrive a little bit more we're going to allow it to make more seeds and try to spread it out You know what I mean? So I would definitely leave this one alone. But as far as like the little grapes that are going to develop, you can definitely harvest the grapes. But the root is where all the medicine is. The root has a compound in it. Basically it's the same as golden seal. This compound is yellow. It's called berberine. Berberine cleans out your liver. It helps Clean out your bile and your stomach, and it also helps clean out your blood. And this is also a kidney tonic as well. So I like to use this plant right here to help clean out my liver and my blood or whatnot. It's also a safe laxative too. If you're having problems and you constipate or something like that. So this is it. And then in a spiritual sense, if y'all are into like you know sorcery or whatnot. This plant right here is great to have around your home because it's a spiritual protector. And uh, what you were thinking about this uh, leaf pattern right here, this is a pinnate leaf pattern meaning it's like, it's kind of like one big leaf separated into a bunch of different leaves or whatnot. And these leaves are spiky as well. They kind of look like a holly but it's not related to the holly tree. So like I said, This is the Oregon Grape Root Mahonia. I named my dog after that, cause he's the protector, you know what I'm saying? And this is a protector as well. So get into this medicine, man. You know, around April, like March, you'll see the grapes and you can eat them. They taste really good. So uh, poisonous plants, basically, um, you know, you got plants that are poisonous or toxic to touch. And you also have poisonous and toxic plants to ingest or whatnot. And then the non-poisonous plants, you know what I'm saying, they're just not poisonous, you know what I'm saying. They take care of you, they got medicinal aspects to themselves. Like poison ivy, to identify it, it could look possibly like this asperilla, you know what I mean. But the the way that I identify is that it has a certain structure to it. So this is when it comes down to knowing uh, the structure of the actual plant. Like, is it a world leaf pattern or does it come out as an alternate leaf pattern? How many leaves does it always show all the time? So, you know, poison ivy is always going to come out and have three leaves coming out or whatnot. And that's one of the ways you can identify, you know, but there are other ways, too even when it comes down to mushrooms and stuff like that. There are certain medicinal and then there are certain poisonous mushrooms out here that you they look similar and you just gotta know what to look for whether it be the spores or the color of the stem or if it has gills or no gills, things like that. Um, It's really easier to identify poisonous and non-poisonous mushrooms. Poisonous plants are not always bad because you can use a little poison to help out your body too. You know what I mean? That's just coming from experience, you know? can You can use like stinging nettles, you know? They have that stinging aspect. Some people consider that a toxic uh, reaction or allergic reaction, but for people that are dealing with like uh, blood flow issues and stuff like that, you need that, you know what I'm saying? Or if they got itchy skin, that itchiness can counter it as a homeopathic remedy. You know what I mean? So there's so many different ways to to come at it from seeing if it's poisonous or not poisonous. There's a three-step process that you should go through with this research, strategy, and goal setting, or whatnot. So you gotta go through and research your areas, researching different plants throughout the different seasons and whatnot. The strategy is to get out here and actually write down your stuff, you know what I'm saying? Take notes or whatnot. Go into your field, uh, guys. Go into the plant database and whatnot. And set a goal for sharing that information. That's what I do, you know what I mean? But I also set goals to just take that information and keep a record of it or make medicine or you know get something before it goes away cause there's some things that only last for like a couple of weeks they just popping up all right good people we have come to the conclusion of our plant walk man hopefully y'all have enjoyed what y'all seen so far man it is kind of a bear out here you know what i'm saying in this time of year it's usually just the same type of plants or whatnot but it's good to get familiar with them the ones that i did show y'all man come out here and see them on your own i appreciate y'all stay blessed out here that's it i know my judgment not the best if it was i'd be better than the rest Still struggle. Thank you for listening. We hope you were inspired by this episode and we encourage you to share it with your family, friends, or anyone who you believed will be impacted by the naturalist.